This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do when you try to get old? This is the black boy, this is a story that ain't never told. This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do? <laughs> so welcome back, people. Happy New Year. What's up? What's up? What's up? Black men talk. Latif, Keith, and Otis and myself. So we're going to talk about what happened at the Capitol, how why white people went off. <laughs> Latif <laughs> um, found this new um, platform, so we're using this. We're going to be using this for the, for the rest of the, you know, however many things we do. We're going to use this. And yeah, let's go around, um, introduce ourselves, and say what's happening in the new year for you. Oh, let's start with Otis. <laughs> Otis. You're on mute. You're on mute. Bye, man. I'm new today. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Black Man. Oh, man. Uh, my name's Otis. I'm a, well, Otis. I'm a poet and I'm a writer. And I'm currently writing for Re-Revolutionary Education Action and Dialogue. Currently hoping 2029 will see a publication from from us, from the group. With my writing and hopefully the collective of the black. Come on, come on. Mm -hmm. I apologize for that. You got the love. You got love. Hopefully we see some writing, not just from my um, perspective as a black disabled man, but from the collective as well. All right. Um, Keith, go ahead. You're next. What's good, my peoples? I am Keith Jones, a.k.a. Keith Jones. Uh, so what has been going on since the last time I talked? Uh, Soul Touching Experiences has now formalized itself as an LLC. Um, we've been dealing with everything we're about to talk about, so I'm going to keep that close to the chest until we get deep into the conversation. But how y'all people doing? Doing good. All right. Uh, you, you want me to go next? Yeah, right. So, Leroy Moore here, I'm doing okay. I'm finally back in my place after two months of being out because of landlord and bed bugs and all that kind of stuff. So I'm back home, um, you know, hope, hopefully moving soon, I hope. But anyway, back here, um, yeah, New Year's, you know, same, same, 
same thing, different color, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm doing good, you know, writing. Um, yeah, doing good, though. But, Keith. Hello, I am Latif McLeod, and I am a doctoral candidate today for Poverty and Social Change Department at California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco. I was asked to be a co-author to a chapter to a textbook about AAC, so be on the lookout for that. Awesome, awesome. That's what's up. Congratulations. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So this, but this little main talk is going to talk about what happened at the Capitol. Of course, people know. Uh, talk about that and talk about our so-called new president. So, who wants to kick it off? Oh joy! Mm-hmm. I'll do it. All right. Well, I'm going to just state what I've stated um, offline to y'all and I'm going to say publicly. <laughs> what you saw was America. Like, everybody's all caught up like, oh, my God. I can't believe it. Like, there's two things that I saw when I watched Because I watched it. I watched it unfold. So, did you, I don't know if y'all saw the, the rolling shit storm that was whiteness in America stoning over the Capitol. But you could see, like, like I, I think what's so infuriating, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised on the shot, but I think what's, what's more maddening to me is that prior to that, black folks had been hyped up on the Democratic Jews. Hyped up on, let's go get this done, let's get this white man out because he's crazy. And then in the process, we did, you know, they do Jonas work, black women turn out, turn Georgia blue, and do all these things. These are the these are the narrative threats. And literally, the moment they get power of the of the Senate, <laughs> the House, and the presidency, and they're like, let's impeach him because he tried to storm an insurrection and we were almost dead. Well, I mean. I mean, if we impeach them, does that this is Democrats? So am I shocked that white folks ran into the Capitol? No. Am I shocked that they were let in by the police? No. Am I shocked that they stormed and looked and were hanging and brought a guillotine and a noose? No. Am I shocked? That right now they just delivered one article impeachment and then delayed the trial two weeks because they're not sure if they can walk and chew gum at the same time? No. But I hope for the rest of the country, you now are weaned off of this toxic two-party juice. Because when they were had guns coming for them, they still are debating on whether or not they're going to follow through. So... I am, you know, I'm, I'm agnostic at this point. All right. Otis, take it away. Um, yeah, I'm completely with Keith on this one, right? 
for me, it's an insult to pretend to be so shocked. Like, it, it's an insult to um, the black suffrage. I don't even think just the black suffrage. I think the women's suffrage as well, as much issue I might have with that. I think to the LGBTQ suffrage as well, as much issues I might have with that. Like, like for you to act like this display of violence is antithetical to the US when they have consistently displayed violence to all of these other groups outside of particularly white men, outside of particularly white men, when? Why do you tell me what time have America and violence been separate? Like I think ever since America been in existence, we have been at war more than we've been at peace. And even the times we've been at peace, they call it um, freedom operations, but they don't even classify it as war. So I think we're so dumb by simply renaming war, it doesn't count. Right? So, like, to me, for people to make violence in American antithetical or scratch that, for people to make violence in European colonialism and European domination, antithetical is an issue for me. It's the same issues I have with you separated violence. It's the same issue I have with you separated violence from France. It's the same issue I have with you separated violence from Britain. The same issue I have with you separating violence from Christian church. The same issue I have with you separating violence from Right? Like everything that these people have established has been built off of violence. And now you want to see you and act brand new. Meanwhile, you want to use like um one point on Facebook. How come you find African warlords as a thing, but Africa have never been before or any European nation? But yet there is no European war. And then the main one going to war. Right? So 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 to me, to make black people the face or non-whites the face of violence and then to act shocked when white people engage in violence to me is it's antithetical and historic it's ahistorical and it's an insult i can be violent but they can't and when they are violent then you want to pretend to be shot and then you want to you want to say some all day oh my god if we were black people doing it they would have been shot okay can we move on like we know this. <laughs> we know this. You're not giving me nothing new. You're not stimulating my thought process whatsoever. You're staying in the obvious. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll add more on that later. But you, you. Okay, can I go? Are you in here? Can I go? For me, I was like, finally. I was like, yeah, why do people tear it down, tear it down? I was like, yeah, do it, do it. You know, I think, dude, Trump told us he got in that he's going to do this. He put us in his in New York and Manhattan and shoot somebody and get away with it. So I was like, all right, yeah, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. For, for me, it's not my fight. I can't let what he do. But they, you are at a party downtown. I don't, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> because this is only the beginning. I was like, all right, you know, let's 
Do it again. 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 Do it because uh, I mean, the, the way they treat people was like a shame. Of course, you know, these people were totally off the wall, and, you know. But, but, but I'm not, I'm not surprised. And I'm not surprised that they're, that they're not going to get nothing. You know, they're going to get slapped on the wrist. I'm not surprised about that. And I, I'm not surprised that the Democrats want, want to move on like nothing happened. I'm not surprised, you know. So, for, for me, I'm not surprised of all of it. And I'm not surprised that our media, our politicians, even our activists want to spend all the time on this. I was like, dude, we're dying of COVID. I mean, when I shout out to like that, I mean, I really not that. You know, and, and you wouldn't be able to do this, you know? I mean, I, I, I understand a lot of impeachment because they, they don't want Trump to run it again, but, you know, I, 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 dude, it's, it's not my fight. That's all for it. It's not my fight. And, dude, I, I, I see black people, you know, houseless. I mean, 90% of all the houseless people in this country are black disabled men. 90%. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, this, this is so, um, what, what they call insurrection or taking you know, over the government. Is like, finally, I was like, God damn, what, 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 what took you so long? <laughs> so, anyway, Latif. Take your mute. So the attempted coup at the Capitol was a culmination of the white fascist momentum that was on the rise since at least since the civil rights movement, but really since the Confederacy. There has always been a segment of the American white populace that was against the political advancement of people of color, especially black people. Also, America has been sponsoring coups all over the world. I think Malcolm X is the comment that deals with this. Something about chickens, if I remember correctly. Why, yes, brother. The quote was, chickens coming home to roost. It's a paraphrase. It's a parable. Everybody and their mama was like, you know, because when they saw it, everybody was like, the chickens coming home to roost. And I'm chuckling to myself, right? But they also and, and like you said, I'm sitting there going, wait, 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 wait. Let me get you right. So you mad and you burning down the shit that's yours <laughs> because because the lie that you wrote on the paper about all men being created equal is actually being like people are actually trying to live that now. So you mad 
And so what you're going to do is just run and burn the shit down because you didn't really mean all people. You didn't mean all. You really meant white men. And what's so tragic about this is that it's it's not it's not even that that there was a, that in so in our lifetime in the last eighteen months, which is saying something about being black in America, we have seen shit that we've never seen before. We we've seen shit that we had heard about, we had never seen before. They had a armed insurrection at the nation's capital. Now it wasn't that they had an armed insurrection; it was that it was aided and abetted by those that were on the inside. And everybody in their mama like, Lord, Jesus, Lord, Lord, Lord. The crazy folks stormed the door. They didn't storm the door. They were invited in. Yeah. And and if you and and here and here is where people are going to where the buttholes will get tight about that statement. But let's be clear. We we have opinions, but it's profited and propped up by quantifiable and qualifiable data. 2006, 2009, 2013, independent reports have indicated that white supremacies, white supremacist groups had um, infiltrated not just the military, but all the armed services and, and all police departments and every, every form of law enforcement, which is ironic considering white supremacy is in every form of government, but that's a whole nother, you know, we'll talk about that later. I just think it's kind of funny how if you watch now, you see the indignation. Chuck Schumer, oh my God, they were 30 feet away from me and we were going to get shot. Like, you sons of bitches ain't concerned about none of the police who ran over them kids just a week ago. They just had a young man have a mental health, court, you know, wellness check. The police weren't on the scene two minutes, shot that man dead. In the pandemic, we are still black and still being murdered at the hands of white law enforcement who were part of the insurrection. So, Keith, 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 Keith. Yes, what? I, ain't, I, I didn't tell no lies. America don't give a fuck. The only reason that they give a fuck is that they came to their house. <laughs> look, they, look. Their house, that's it. Well, then let's be clear, they don't give a fuck. And they don't give a fuck that they were in the house. Because if they were in the house, and y'all know this, Otis, Leroy, Latif, if they, if you want to see white folks really care, try to take their money. Right? <laughs> like, like what you saw was a bunch of angry people that were hyped up on Donald Trump's nut juice. But you didn't see, like, if you want to see real white rage, Try to really make America what they said it is, because that was only that was only some white rage. That wasn't like real white rage. White rage is really passive. It's denying you, Leroy, and access to get into a new apartment. It's denying you, Latif, the ability to get into a cab. It's denying you, Otis, the ability to go rent an apartment or buy a house. It's denying me a small business loan, and then cloaking it in, well, you didn't have the right credit. You don't have long enough rental history. You don't have enough assets. That's the people. People, it's easy to see them storming the Capitol and being mad. That's not white rage. White rage is codified in law and in practice. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
That's yeah. why when people say it was an inside job, I'm like, okay, but explain to me what's not an inside job. <laughs> right. I'm like, your resume getting thrown away because you got a black name is an inside job. You working outside of your job description, you getting denied that promotion is an inside job. You're not getting that business loan from the bank or being redlined, and I pay twice as high for mortgage. Is an inside job. The police getting off of black execution, the media justifying it, it's all an inside job. So I think you'll probably have an easier chance articulating for me exactly what's not inside job because you're trying to put in. <laughs> To add to your your um comment um, Lakeith, the what Malcolm said about the chickens coming home to roost. Mm -hmm. No, he meant that for. Yes, I, it wasn't for them. He meant that for Kennedy. Yeah. You know the beloved, the beloved. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. The, the liberal president. Well, if you if you look up the the speech, um, the Rochester speech of 1965. He was, he was, the reason why he was talking about Kennedy after his assassination is because of the, the um, assassination of Patrice, Patrice Lumumba. Lumumba, yeah. The Democratic Republic of the Congo. Yes. Well, he was saying how our government, as you said, we create coups everywhere in the world. So everything, as Yama Kiyana said, what Trump supporters did in the Capitol is everything the U.S. <laughs> did yeah, it's not new by a long shot. Yeah. It's up, it's not legalized, as they say. So, because it wasn't legalized, it's bad, and that's why I said black people we really don't know what good and evil is. Our definition of evil is whether it's not approved by the state. So, as long as the state sanctioned the violence, we're cool with it. As long as the state says it's okay, they give me that document information, then you Captain America, right? If the state's not approved, you bad score. But you the villain. You man, no, they didn't say okay. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. Like, since, since we're looking at history based off of some goddamn comic book, this is the good guy and this is the bad guy, why not? Let's run with it. I, right? Like, all you got to do is get the evil villain Trump out of office, and then we all save the day. Right? Like, forget it that anti black, anti blackness pre existed Trump. Let's forget about that. Let's forget about. Exploitation pre existed Trump. Let's forget about that. Let's forget about police brutality. Let's forget about um, even the way the, um, the Im immigration is treated with the cages. And I'm sick and tired of people making Trump the face of immigration and kids being locked up. Like I said, that is a billion dollar industry. Do you not know how many companies are benefiting our life? Yes. And when you overly focus on Trump, you come you completely miss the nuances. You yes. completely miss how much Amazon is making off the back end, how much Walmart is making off the back end, how much all of these Fortune 500 companies are making off the back end, quickly to focus on Trump. And that's why I say there's overly understanding of the world where we look at these comic book lens. All we gotta do is kill Osama bin Laden and the world is saved. Right, all we gotta do 
It's killed the Gaddafi and the world is saved. Oh, well, well, the new boogeyman that will come Bang. tomorrow. Bang. The world is saved, right? That is so asinine. We got to stop looking at the world through this comic book lens. I mean, even the, the way they describe World War II, where you got the allied powers against the axis of evil. You can't get no more comic book than that. I'm sorry. You can't get no more comic book that. And then the Allied powers, if you really examine their history, they got more blood on their hands than the Axis of Evil. But we ain't gonna talk about that though. No, because see, if you talk about that, and Ortiz, I'm gonna let you jump in. If you talk about that, one of the things that we have to discuss, and 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 I'm gonna drop the ball here, is how we as black people have constructed our blackness in America. Because blackness in America, the concept of blackness, and, and I'm, I'm positing this because it's juxtaposition whiteness. The, 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 our blackness is in response to a, a larger def- definition of whiteness. Because we were not black, we were Moors, we were Hutu, we were Tutsi, we were, we were those, we, we were not black. We, Black is a social construct. And so when, and, and, and that's fine. And so we, I'm black, I'll embrace it, love it. Cause you know, our, our black culture now is a result of residual strength. Cause we were in, we were in chattel slavery here. We managed to forge an existence in oppression and forge a culture out of that oppression and still keep them moving forward. And so when you see the juxtaposition of, and so when people go, oh, if there was a hundred black people, but yes, it's in the books. If niggas get on these steps, kill them. That's like, it's in the book. Like if niggas get on the steps, kill them. If, if white men come in, then just let them pass. And that's not hyperbole. That's not, you know, an opinion. If you stand there and say June, January, June, January, January 6, 2021, June 6, 2020, diametrically opposed responses, diametrically opposed groups, same authority and power. You tell me. So, but I ain't, I ain't, I was not surprised. Hey, can I add one more thing before you go? The, I mean, beyond the, the capital. What got me is that we is that after this election, we're bringing you know the the you know the power of the sitting house everything. But there, there we're sending people to die because we're sitting. Democrats is gonna sit next to a Republican that, that, that refused to wear a mask. So it, I mean, it's like, like three Democrats came up with COVID because yes, I I mean, like I'm not going to no office. I'm not, I'm not working from home. Or you are, you can pick it up. I mean, we, we are so glad. I, I can't. Everything black me is like so glad about what happened to Georgia. We split Georgia. It's like, what is it? A black person 
to a place where you really refuse to wear a mask. But Washington, the White House was like a hot, a hot bed of cold. Oh, yes. Because the fucking Republicans refused to wear a mask. And this is not only Donald Trump, the whole fucking party refused to wear a mask. So you're, so you're seeing a black new politician as one of the, you know, progressive and all that stuff. You're sitting next to a man that's not wearing a mask. And it's, 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 it's mind-blowing. Yeah, go ahead, Latif. You ready? But you know there were successful coups inside America. Look up the insurrection of Wilmington, North America in 1898. A group of white people went on a rampage sponsored by the Democrat Party, basically because black people were getting some political power in the community. So they have been doing this. Dude, you just you just stated American history. Like yesterday, like that's exactly your point. Like you going back eighteen hundred, you went back a hundred and some years, and the the irony I th- I think what's so maddening for me, I'll just say for me, is not that we have these discussions. It's that there's a certain level of comfort that people have in recycling but black rage. Like there's a certain level of comfort. There's a certain level of Oh, fuck that. These, they killing us. They killing us. They killing us. They killing us. Well, here's a sponsorship. Hey, they're not killing us that much, right? Versus, okay, listen, if you're going, if you, if you really are talking about political power, then you can't just be blind to the candidates that you're supporting. You can't just rush behind a D or an R or blue or a color when you stand back and say, you know, the reason Bill Clinton had to run the Southern strategy is because the Dixiecrats left the party. If you're talking, the reason the Obama coalition worked and he did not talk about race was because he didn't lean into his race. Yeah, yeah. The reason that Joe Biden got the black people all excited is because he put an AKA Soroy on his ticket. Up in, But up until she wasn't a viable presidential candidate. She wasn't she wasn't quite black. She was black, kinda. Up until you, you know, the infamous Breakfast Club interview where she was like, I was listening to Dots and Fakes in the 85, smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Like, dude. Like, first of all, they when they wasn't in college on it and in 85, whatever. But when we get into these situations, so the stoning of the Capitol. People are like, oh, 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 the insurrection, the riot. Like, how old is how you talking about the media, right? Like when you talking about the, the cosign, and the cosign is simple. Don't even think about it. Just listen to how you're receiving your news. That nobody said it. Was it a riot? Was it a storming of the Capitol? Was it an insurrection? Now, because depending on which news channel you'll listen to. Well, the rioters, but or they'll call them protesters. Now, everybody on this call, I ask if it's dead if the police show up and we anything other than compliant. And even then we dead. So the fact the fact that we the fact that the narrative 
is squishy. The fact that you have significant members of the De Democratic Party being squishy about this. The fact that, you know, you spent an entire summer about defund the police and equal unequal justice. And the largest demonstration of unequal justice took place in the nation's capital. And you know what we're doing? We're talking about the same shit we talked about a year ago. Unequal justice in America. And I honestly, I, like like you said, Leroy, it's not my fight, but the problem is it ain't our fight. But we the ones catching all the bullets. And and so, you know, it's a conundrum. Either sit on the sideline and get killed or get into the fight and get killed. Well, you know, what what we supposed to do? That's why y'all have to forgive me if I cuss. It's just, I'm calling in the scholar he cussed. <laughs> Fred Morton in his book or his co-author book, I guess I should say. Now, under comments, he spoke on allyship. He said, I don't need no allies. I need you to understand that white terrorism is fucking up my livelihood as it is yours. I need yes. you to understand it is as just as it, as it is to you. So I don't need you Sit around and hold hands when you talk about let's be apartments. No, you need to fight for your own domestic security. Because guess what? The same planet I'm laying that your Fortune 500 company <laughs> undermining, right? Due to extracting resources, but pointing at the mat, you got to live on that same planet, right? right? Guess what? You need to know how Fortune, not Fortune 500 company, Wall Street. It's trying to privatize water now and put water on the stock market. Well, guess what? I believe you need water too to live. Do you not? I you, you know them jobs that I'm being denied for today. I'm being unemployed today. I'm being replaced by AI. Why understand you will need jobs to feed your family as well? And young people is not just taking tax dollars out the black community, but also taking tax dollars out the white community as well. So I was like, Yes, when you look at me, when you look at the black body, the um, elms of society is more exacerbated. Right. It's more obvious, right? But it impacts you just as bad. And, it may, it, and you might get tenure for benefit from it temporarily, but you got to understand, in the long run, your kids go pay for this. Your kids' kids go pay for this. Their kids go pay for this. Because they're not going to have a plan for this for me. Right? So don't think about link up to, to this mental capitalism, this mental anti-blackness. So don't, don't get me wrong, right? I want to bring up to your point where you said um, blackness was born out of response to whiteness. To an instance that's true, because that's what I'm going to write about the alpha pessimism. So alpha pessimism, anti-blackness is the foundation of Western society. So it says that anti-blackness or racism is not an option, it's a necessity. There's a difference between an option versus being a necessity. A lot of um, anti-racists will argue, well, these people just don't know no better, right? And if we educate them out of their um, biases, then they will modify their behavior and thus dismantle the system institution. Well, alpha pessimism argues a system itself was predicated on anti-blackness. So as long as the system itself exists, anti-blackness exists. And because the
system is a, a culmination of people, right? So Dr. Bobby right behind institutions as collective behavior. Yes. So we're talking about we're talking about collective behavior. So now you go from the people to talk. I mean, you go from talking about a system to the actual people. So when people talking about dismantling systems, they talk about dismantling this this thing that exists um separate from your know, everyday white people go to work or everyday black people go to work. The everyday mom and pop who become judges. Uh, yeah, the everyday mom and pops become judges. The everyday mom and pops become police officers. The everyday mom and pops become your bosses. We separate those everyday who we associate with from the systems, right? Yes. We, we don't think we don't think our neighbor is part of the problem. We think it's that far off white man in the capital. We think it's that. <laughs> when they were calling the police on you for one five seconds, but right. they're, they're not the issue though. Right, it's that teacher that's teaching your kids um white colonial education, humanizing European um exploiters, humanizing these people who engage in mass genocide and rapists, like these white teachers who smiling in your face, humanizing these very people who is the reason why you're in this subjugated state. You don't see them as the problem. You see this fall off white person. Right, mm -hmm. but in order for you to address academia, then you got to say, you know what? Everything you have predicated your identity off of is false. Right. In order for you to address politics, you have to say the only reason why the suburbs have money because they extracted it from the ghetto. The only reason why the church have saints and have angels because you made black people the demon. The only reason why you exist in a First world countries, you exploit the power. You are what you call the global south, right. right? So you literally have to start over from ground zero. I have to start over. I have to reestablish my entire existence, or so do you. And if whiteness is not ready to completely annihilate its entire existence, as much as blackness must completely ready to start over and now our entire existence not sweep some shit under the rug talking about that's the past let's move on a tangible solution then we're gonna keep going in circles we're gonna be stagnated or as i like to say absolutely show me where there is no progress i mean you got you look like you got progress you got some cell phones you got ai technology so it gives you the illusion of progress, but even that is built off of slave labor. Like the cocoa in your homes come out the Congo, come out to change slave labor. So what will it change? You know what I mean? But yeah, so like we have to redefine what it means to be human completely, or go annihilate both of us. That's true. Latif, you ready? Okay. Well, uh, well, I and and in in that in that vein, I think that's that's I think what you just hit on, and Leroy, what you talked to, and and Latif, when you mentioned the interaction, that's what that's what makes me that's what gets on me, in terms of my psyche, in terms of am I when I wake up in the morning and I know that I have to go into this society armed for battle. And there's, 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 it's not that 
you know, we are not having a discussion. When you talked about reexamining what human is, that's one of the frustrations I have with blackness and ableism, right? It's like, so let's, so without getting to the macro and the micro of blackness, whiteness, just position, just the fact that, okay, let's, since we all moving in a common blackness, quote unquote, then why is it when I show my cripple ass up, I'm not black enough? How, when 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 did my disability discharge me from blackness? I can't come to the barbecue no more. Like I like I can't I can't get no collard greens on macaroni and cheese and pig feet. I can't get none of that no more. But but because I have cerebral palsy, or I have a neurodivergence, or maybe what? And here and then I'm the shut up. But this is the part that makes me crazy. And that's that's ableist word. But fuck it, get over it. The um. If you are oppressed, particularly for black people, if you're screaming oppression and you have any other Islamophobia attached to you, you have negated your oppression. Oh, Lord Jesus, they don't like niggas. Okay. I want equal rights under the law. Okay. Fuck them fags. Kind of underlines your argument. Oh, I I want the right to do this. I want the right to do that. Them transgenders want to go to jail. I don't want to get shot. I'm going to be in the whole foxhole. I don't want nobody looking at my booty. <laughs> really? this like These are the levels of intelligence. But again, if you can't see your oppressive behavior while you're being oppressed, it's kind of hard to get for me to be empathetic to you. Like, I get it. I understand it. Like, we, like, there's, like when black folks talk about the state of blackness in America, I don't think we've really had the discussion about how if you black and you came to this country from the Caribbean, you make a distinct effort not to be called black American. You make a definitive, fuck you, I'm not black American, I'm from X. But but everything that happens in America is predicated upon the way you look. Nobody hears your accent when they see you, right? Nobody sees your, 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 your your colonialist French accent left over from Haiti or you know Puerto Rico or Cuba or the St. Lucia. So I I'm hoping that once we have this discussion about how white folks can do anything, that we don't revert to see, I told you they can do it because we know that. But now what? What the fuck are you ready to do? Because you showing the fuck rushed out to elect the same people who wrote the same laws who kept you oppressed, but now you put them back in, now you put them right back in position of power. Right, you know. Latif, you ready? Nope. <laughs> All right, okay. Leroy, you ready? <laughs> well, the, the, the thing is, is like once you step foot in this country, you, you always have um, somebody's below you, you know? Yes. So, if you're black and you're from Jamaica, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm black, but I'm not American black, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm able black, I'm not disabled. Because the system is made up that way. You know, we, you know, under slavery, black disabled people were killed. Yes. So no wonder black people, black non-disabled people, disabled people are less than 
because it was built in from the beginning. And of course, we, we, we didn't have no healing from that. You know, we, we were really happy that we had the ADA. You know, about the ADA, my own community don't want it. So it's a lot of education, a lot of healing, a lot of saying, okay, we're, we're going to do this right. We spent all these years on this slavery, lynching, whatever. We need to re-educate ourselves on what black and dis disabled is. If you look through time, black disabled people see our ass from here coming to to all the musicians that, that leave the music industry and got okay. So black disabled people you know say their ass, but we, we continue to carry the white masters way of thinking. To this day you continue to carry that. It 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 is it is uh connect. it's it's one of those things and I'll just say this then Luti, you ready? Okay. I just nod your head when you're ready, all right? I got you. <laughs> you okay, Latif? He like, yeah, he like, Latif is about to lay. I'm just waiting, because I'm waiting to see the mushroom cloud come off the screen. So just nod your head when you're ready, bro. <laughs> but I think what the what, what we all the same. Here's, my beef with the whole beef is this, or my beef. It's simple. I'm not fucking with people no more. You, My children get a pass because I have not taught them what they don't know. But that's on me. So if they ask me, Daddy, what is this? It's my job to teach them. But 400 and something years in this land, you cannot, you, I refuse to hear a black intellectual or black academia or black anybody who is over the age of 17. I'll, I'll, let me, I'll be nice to the young kids. Over the age, who, who's over the age of 30, who cannot, who's like, well, we need to have the discussion. No, we don't need to have a fucking discussion. You're in a land in which the laws are predicated upon keeping you subjugated. Now, have we made progress? Sure. But there is there is something, and I'm going to say it again. There's a, I, it's an economy of black rage. You can, how many black book, black history books have we read? How many books have we talked about that explain the black existence here in this country? And none of it is romantic. We have made it romantic because we have been able to forge humor out of hurt, hope out of hell, but none of it is romantic. And even now, we still have exalted black leaders who can't have a full black discussion. You don't even take up, we four black men who openly identify as disabled. We ain't, we can't get nowhere close to anybody with power unless they go, oh my God, Latif, you're so special. We would love to have you come up. And then it's, then it's, see, we have you. And then it becomes the tokenism thing. Keith, Keith, Keith. But the, the thing also is that you have people around the system. Okay, they just can't be. I was like, I said, you have people clapping their hands because of um, Biden said we're going to implement the fully fund idea. 
kiss my ass, you were in the White House. You were were clapping their hands. He's been in office for 38 years. The IDA has been passed in 75. Now I'm leaving. Oh, yeah, that's progress. What? That's progress? It is progress because Leroy, listen, let me tell you why it's progress. Because he said it. Oh my God, he said it. Oh my God, he said it. And, wait, wait, wait. And we're going to have ASL at our, at our, at our um, press briefings. And wait, 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 wait. And we're going to make our websites accessible. Oh my, look, kiss my ass, okay? Listen. I, everybody wants to show deference to publicly elected officials. Here's the reason you don't get deference. Because if I'm your boss, my job is to be nice to you, kind of, sort of. But if you suck at your job, you don't get respect for being a piece of shit at your job. They, last, last, the last congressional session, they were in session 143 days out of 356. What job do you know you can go work two days a week and get all your money? <laughs> huh? And Otis, when you were talking about black, it, it is. It it just, you know, people use words like system because it 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 turns it into a thing versus a them. Yeah. Right? So it's easier to say we need to deconstruct the system than saying you have a culture within your organization that allows for you to just say, well. I was just doing my job. But you got homeless people. Well, they didn't meet the eligibility requirements. Then two weeks later, your ass get hit, and you don't meet the eligibility requirements. Now you may. But hey, I'm just doing my job. So to go to the point of how do we redefine human, we just, first of all, we have to get to the point where we can say, we agree that you're human. But you know what I mean? Like, they don't, like, like, we not, we, like, all of us on this thing at one point or another have been seen as asexual and not real. Put us in a different century. We're alligator bait. Put us in a different century. We're, we're sideshow material. We're in 2021, and we're still having discussions with black, black intellectuals about where we fit in the pantheon of blackness. And so is it our fight? Unfortunately, we ain't got no fucking choice. <laughs> like we literally have, like, like you know, I would much rather be sitting here talking to y'all about going to a strip club and, and the new songs that I did. But I know when we walk out this door, it's COVID or the police. <laughs> so, fuck, I wish I had better shit to talk about. And I don't even think the question is, is it our fight or not? The question is. What is the objective that we're fighting for? What black union soldiers was fighting for is not the same of what white union soldiers. That's right. And we get the two confused. We think just because we're on the same quote unquote side, we're on the same war, that we're struggling for the same thing. Hold on, y'all. Yeah. You ready to look? All right. Go ahead, Lizzie. Artists is right. Western society is formed on anti-blackness, and it is formed on the invisibility of disabled people. 
we know how this dynamic affects us, but how it affects white people and able-bodied people. You see how it affected white people on January 6th. But how it affected able-bodied people, especially able-bodied people of color, okay, let us say black people, we all know that we have people in our community that believes that if we disabled people have just worked hard enough and be as able-bodied as we can, we can get all of things that society has to offer. They don't realize the structural barriers that we face every day. Yeah. Yeah, and Latif, when you said that, well, I think the, the thing that took us me is that the conversations we're having and the conversation advocates have and the conversation people who are trying to change have is that the fact that we are more progressive on here than the people who are, quote, in charge of making public policy. And that and the, the, the irony is, Latif and us, is that we're not progressive if you look at what we're asking and what we're demanding and what we're seeking. We're seeking, one, that you stop trying to put us in the box before our time. Two, we're, at, we're, we're demanding that you acknowledge our humanity, just like you are demanding that yours acknowledges. And that you and that you acknowledge and honor our individual choices, just like you want your honor and your individual choices honored. That's rudimentary. Now it gets real complicated when people say, "Well, yeah, but you can't get your own ass out of bed." Well, that's fine, but that don't mean that I don't want to get out of bed. That doesn't mean that I don't want to have sex. It doesn't mean I want to eat. I don't want. And so, humans are really good at being able to be myopic. They suck at being open-minded. And and I and so the, the struggle I have, so I'm gonna pose it to y'all. Is it is it a Pavlov's dog response? Or is it just an unwillingness for humans to see everybody as equal? Because the dog whistle response to racism is let's go defund the police and storm the Capitol if you're white or you're black. But for us on the outside, which, like I couldn't have stormed the Capitol even if I was a MAGA person. I can't get there because it ain't accessible to get into the Capitol. <laughs> so, so, I, so the reason you didn't see a bunch of disabled people storm the Capitol because there's no fucking ramps to get in it. So, you know, the question is, what do we do? So now, like, what was the insurrection? The insurrection was angry white people at the last guest for white privilege, right? But for us, what is next. What's next? Because this shit ain't changing overnight. What's next? Uh, to me, I call it a spectacle. Like I don't I think it's an insult to insurrection everywhere to call it an insurrection. <laughs> right? I think it's an insult to revolution everywhere. To call it a revolution. It was a spectacle. It was a sideshow. Right as Keith rightfully pointed out, they was allowed in the Capitol, right? They didn't have no armed resistance. They was allowed in it. Oh, thank you. And so I say it was a spectacle. I think we need to qualify, qualify it as that, right? Because you know how people say, well, they didn't have, they didn't have no protocol to handle this particular situation. That's a lie. That's a lie. They just didn't enforce it. That's a lie, right? So you're, you're, you're pretty much. Hold on a second. You're belittling, you're belittling 
between the status quo and the space that you put in place to keep people like me and shit like that. That's what you're, you're trivializing by saying, well, they just didn't have the mechanism. Yeah. No, they had the mechanism, they just didn't implement the mechanism because of who did it. And that's it, bro. They said they, so here, the numbers 2,500 Capitol Police on the force. The number of the day of the, the number of the day of the attempted insurrection, five hundred. Four fifths of the force were out. So, and so four fifths of the force is out. Then you have people not wanting to, and because DC is a district, and the mayor has no federal authority to protect her city, she has to depend. And they were like. Well, we need to vet all the the national gardening that are, are at the thing because they might. I'm like, the fuck. Listen, when you when you got rid of the draft, you went to an all volunteer army. When you went to an all volunteer army, motherfuckers was like, look, I'm not dying in your bullshit ass wars. So then you started to do the commercials. Go army, go strong. I'll be all you can be. Blah 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 blah. And then you got to. But then you started. Then you started saying we were not reaching our our force usage. Because we had been in over wars and we didn't have enough bodies, so then they lowered the they lowered the standards of the mission. And here is the part that makes me crazy: there has been a fifty or hundred year history of racism and sexism and homophobia within the military. So why would white nationalism not be in that mix too? Speaking of that, you know how many ex-military was in that crowd? Really, <laughs> I, I think we really need to talk about what is the military's involvement in maintaining the white status quo. Because you gotta understand, the KKK did not establish white terrorism. They are the byproduct of white terrorism. It was the merchants, the church, and the military that established white terrorism. Your most tax dollars go to the military's budget. Yep. So everything you see Trump supporters do at that capital, you are paying to do across the globe. There you go. You know, so there's nothing different from them to doing across the seas. And you read Pantanal, Richard of the Earth, where he talking about the Algerian Revolution and how because um France, I think then it happened in Algeria, they used the militia that was on the ground. Yeah. They gave them the weapons like, look, we ain't got enough manpower to ship from over here to over there. So we just will drop guns. To, to the white people that lives in that neighborhood already. So what is the white militia's participation in maintaining the white status quo? We can't keep looking at these things as isolated phenomena. They are all intertwined, they're all interconnected. Right? Yeah. They're not going to get prosecuted to the same extent as black Panthers do. This is why they're not going to get prosecuted to the same extent as community. Right? Like this this is why. Because they serve a function. They are the byproduct of white terrorism. They did not create it. That's why if they didn't tonight. Everything that we're we are complaining about was still on. White identity extremist group disappeared tonight. Every issue we have with colonialism, with exploitation, with capitalism, with anti-blackness, all of those issues will still exist to the same extent that it does. Yeah. I, 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 I also, it's, it's, it's interesting, um, it's an elder black 
disabled cancer. You know, was talking to me a couple of years ago, she passed away. But see, she I don't know why, I don't know how black people think that the political system is the only power to have. You're running because right. it's the only power to have. Because we, 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 um, we, we, they, they have, um, they have diverted our attention from our community to the government. Right. So, so everybody thinks running for government is power. And we, we go back to our local communities, like, um, our communities are fucked up. The, you know, the schools are still fucked up, but we just voted a black man in Georgia, which Georgia has the highest disabled youth in nursing homes. Yes. For the last 10 years. So yes. I'm like, black, white, Republican, Democrat, Green Party, whatever. I mean, in Georgia, you have black disabled youth in nursing homes. Yes. So what? What? What are you going to do when you, you know, win win that election? You're going to Washington, and you're four years out, and you're going back home, and still that black youth is still in the nursing home. And that. My brother is why when 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 which is one of the reasons we have this discussion about the insurrection. The insurrection wasn't oh let me let me not do let, let me oh let you're not here when you're ready. Uh, um, it's one of those things where you're right. It was it was an insult to call it an insurrection. It was an attempted insurrection. My bag. Let me qualify that. But um, but you know when you talk about black, you know we only think it's political power. That's not that's not an external thing. That's an internal thing. That's internal in the black community to think that we don't have, um, you know, it, and 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 I, you know, I'll just use myself as an example because I'm only because I know myself. Um, being a businessman and an entrepreneur and trying to start the little company that I started and trying to partner with black folks, I get more I get more resistance yeah. mm -hmm. from. And 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 I, and I will paint with a broad brush. Black folks, the connections I've made now, I got my people who are black, and we got it. But that's because they're my people. But in terms of just doing standard person-to-person -person business, you know, just outside of I get no love. And it's not because we don't have the twin, you know, it's not because... Latifah the brilliant, Otis is the brilliant, Leroy is the brilliant, Keith is the brilliant. There is that veneer of color struck that black folks have internalized. Like this goes paper bag test. This goes, they just, I was, as a matter of fact, Latifah, when you started recording, before you started recording, I, I was talking about the article where the, the, the young lady had put out a song about light skin and people were all offended. I'm like, you fuck. Like, what are you mad for? That is America. That's black America. Like, I'm a black, I'm a dark skinned man. I ain't been in style since Wesley Slice did Blade. 
So like dark like that's that's what that like that's in in the that's in us. Like like you know the whole you know a girl depressing your hair, getting your straightening comb, getting all of this stuff. That's us. That's us. And all of this nonsense about all the white people, yes. But that black dude who stormed the Capitol with him, his ass is still in jail. Mm-hmm. Everybody else got out. Yeah. Right. His ass still in jail. And so so it's one of the questions that that, you know, because it's you know, when you talked about it, like how do you manage to keep a country and do everything that's antithetical to the laws that you wrote and still be in power? Because remember, they they literally wrote the Constitution, said the armed insurrection, and then ran up and had an armed insurrection. And now, and and I think the report coming out of uh, was it Forbes that the DOJ is like, mm, I mean, yeah, they was there and they stole some shit and they was set of gallows and they was looking for Mike Pence to hang him and I know they were making threats and all. But eh, maybe they'll go home and they won't do nothing. This is where we are. So am I mad at am I mad at the white people for being white? No, because they doing what white people do. But what made, what's frustrating for me is that black folks like us or our community refuses to one deal with us as we are part of the community, but deal with the larger issue. It's like if you're going to be loyal to the Democratic Party, then you need to get some shit signed on in blood. Because right now, everybody knows marijuana is the largest reason we are incarcerated for nonviolent felony offenses, simple possession, which leads you in jail for five to ten years. You could easily do that, but we're never going to get any of that. So I'm hoping that the insurrection will... <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep calling it the insurrection. What should we call it? Should we call it a... Going to the like because it, it, it wasn't an insurrection. What was it? Like, the only reason why I call it insurrection <laughs> is because Frank Wilderson and Afro pessimism he talks about how spectacles are used to hide the benign the operation of white terrorism, which is everything you keep was talking about. Well, black people will look at the sideshow, and the only thing we'll focus on is the sideshow. Trump being another sideshow, right? right? And we'll completely miss the everyday workings of white terrorism. So the only reason why I call it a spectacle is to kind of frame it in proper perspective, right? Because what Black people have to um, understand, in order to understand systems thinking, because that's really what we're missing. We're missing systems thinking. And we will see how everything is intertwined, how everything is interconnected. I was telling um, a friend the other day, if I was a kid, and someone showed me how arts is connected to policies, right? How they create a political cartoon to vilify black people, and they created laws to enforce that. Right, and then those laws favor them economically because it yeah. kept us out of the economic market. So you go from art to politics to, to economics, and all of this is interconnected. Yeah. If I was if I was introduced to this type of understanding as a kid, I might have related to this information a lot better. Like Amos Moses said, although their information cannot liberate them, 
their information can show you how they have these Yes. In black and white, you just have to read BF Skinner. You, I mean, I'm reading, I'm reading a document right now by what's his name? Um, Jacob, no, Carlos Moore. Carlos Moore title were Moths and Eagles White Races. So it is exploring the white supremacist origins of Marx, Claw Marx, and of yes. Eagle. Now we really talk about what we believe in, we just eliminate stop, eliminate capitalism, then everything will be all cool. But I can show you in the Communist Party how they're still perpetuating their own blackness. Oh, so but this, yeah, yeah. Oh, anti you ready? Okay. Yeah, look at, hold on. Oh, it's good. You're right. Go ahead, Latif. You're on mute. Oh, I'm sorry. Keith, let us be real. The forces were not at the Capitol that day because some people in power wanted it to happen. And of course, it was a distraction because the people in this country would do anything to not really look at what this country is and what horrors it is capable of doing. Bruh, I, I I think it's almost like we need like we we need our own channel <laughs> to like educate because <laughs> yeah. because it's it, 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 you know it, it, it's not even that we it's not even that people don't know it I, it the people that we watch and and as we, as we debate this I re, I I boil it down to this people at a base level make a cost benefit analysis. Is it is it worth is is it worth the cost personally to myself to be alert and to be woke and to try to dismantle group a group think systemic approach to my humanity or fuck it should I just go along to get along? We know what we know what the vast majority of people have picked. Yeah, and that's and and. So when you and and just using the people who get paychecks behind us, yeah, the fact that you had the fact that you had can have a discussion with democratic leaders, as I choke on that word, and and they're like, well, you know, we struck a deal with Mitch McConnell, aka the self-proclaimed Grim Reaper, and we're gonna we're gonna push the we're gonna push the hearing off because Joe Biden needs his cabinet. I mean, I get all of that, but you are making political decisions. Based on political outcomes versus Latif's life, Otis's life, Leroy's life, Keith's life, their family's life. Because the cost benefit is I will retain my power. Yeah, y'all might die a little bit, but I will retain my power. And that cost benefit analysis is ubiquitous. And whether it's the police officer saying, I can de-escalate and put my gun down to walk away, or I could be the real cop and go back and be a, a hero amongst my boys. Cost-benefit analysis. It's easier to kill the nigga and, and be cool with the police union than it is to be to do the right thing and be ostracized by my boys. That is where we are. That's where we are. Okay. Nothing. Uh, you know this whole this whole capital thing. You know, I, yeah, it's like what what do you call it? 
And and just just like America, we got the next one. Oh, I'm gonna go to work. Like, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? The government just said, run over you guys. I'm going to go to work. Yo, COVID outside, I'm going to go to work. <laughs> this country is like, I, I just I just don't get it. I mean, it's like, like we are robots. You know? I think what you're dealing with is you, what you are looking at is people who are traumatized and they have no way to deal with trauma. Because if you remember, we are in a lane, like I had never lived in another country ever. Been to another country, been to, been a guest in another country, but living in that country, people go, Oh, you have such a beautiful country. I love your country. He's like, Yes, I love to come vacation here. You know why you can vacation here? Because you get to fucking leave. But here, the reason people are so numb to it is because we are constantly in the battle. Constantly, think about think about your think about the next four days of your life. What do you have on your agenda? Is there anything out of the four days that will not cause you to have to reassess the fact that you're black and disabled in America? Just think about it. Four days, just four days. Four four days. Today is Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. What what those four days? <laughs> and there's not a thing that you can think of. I mean, outside of what we just consider just happiness and joy, but our blackness and our disability, no matter how comfortable we are in it, at some point will rear its head in a way that we're gonna have to go, fuck all y'all. Mm-hmm. And that's just that I mean, think of that. Then they matter of fact, not even for the take 24 hours. Pick a 24-hour stretch and think about your day. I mean, as simple as going to the store. That is the and so when when I talked about the cost of the analysis, and when you were talking about it, Latif, and how you put it, Leroy, how you put it, Otis, about um, you know the construct of whiteness and blackness are here. It's not. It's not that people are are fatigued or stupid or whatever. At a certain point, is I I think we've seen you know for the youth they have hope because they're young. But for the most of us who get up and go to work, like you say, I got to go to work because it's COVID. Because what's the reality? If I don't go to work, I can't pay my rent. I live, I've been evicted and lived in hotels with kids. So I know what it's like when you say, I can't make my rent this month. And you literally have to take your entire shit and put it in storage because you have to live in a hotel, not because you can't pay, but because somebody made an arbitrary decision about your humanity. So this, so where the fuck are we in America that you can have a storm capital and the people who are huddling under their desk saying, hmm, maybe they didn't do it. That's why people are walking out going to work because they are watching nothing change. But the, the 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 thing is, the thing is, is like you know, the, you know, under Martin Luther King, that transgender and boycott, they boycott that fucking you know transgender for months. It stopped the whole city. I mean, it stopped everything. They had to change everything. I mean, 
And that, and, and that was only, you know, that was not like centuries ago. No, that was But remember, Latifa noticed, y'all remember that? And Leroy, you remember the term slacktivism? <laughs> remember slacktivism when they were calling um, social media activists? Like, all you guys are doing is running the social media yeah. and, and, and arguing you guys are being slacktivists. Yeah. The irony is, is that nobody's talking about the fact that and I would love to run out and be in a Black Lives Matter protest or any of these protests in the street with my mask on. But you fucks are having rallies that are not accessible. <laughs> like, you're having rallies that don't have ASL interpreters or cart reporters or inaccessible venues. You're, you're having gathering places at places where 40% of your community cannot get to. 40%. So... When black folks talk about being black and, oh, we need to change this, y'all need to be woke, and then we show the fuck up and we're still ostracized, then I'm having a real difficult time being mad at white folks because I know they, I know their stupidity. Like, I know that. that because for them, it's economics and a, and a, and a, and a fragile ego. But for, but for, those, who I'm, for those who look like us, what's, what's, what's the excuse? What's the reason to not have a Latif or an Otis or a Leroy lead your rally? Clearly at 54, you know, after you've been through all these protests since the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and you're still, and what gets me is that they get funding to do more shit. It's like, wow, are you serious? Yeah. Latif, you ready? You're gonna reach out to me and say, "Be like, can you can you be a part of Obama's?" Um, <laughs> Are you serious, dude? Yeah, <laughs> because we need you to give us credibility. We need Latif to be our credibility. We need Otis to be our credibility. We need Keith to be. As he shit on me, he didn't. He want me to be your puppet. Yes, nigga. Wow. <laughs> yes, nigga. Any questions, nigga? I mean, Negro. I mean, I mean, I mean, Mr. Moore. Yes, nigga. Get your ass up there and shut your job. Again, there is no shock here. No shock. Of course. I mean, I, we in, I'm in my 50s, you in your 50s, and the teeth and notice I ain't even gonna put y'all in over yet. But it's, but. Think about it, we're, we're having conversations that black folks were having 60 years ago. Like, think about that. Like, we're talking about a revolution that supposed that the black revolution supposed to have happened that we were not a part of. Like, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm fried around the edges with this fight because I'm tired of having to convince my people that I'm worth being, that I'm worth fighting for. Yeah. While my people are screaming, we're worth fighting for. I, it's a real fucked up place to be. Go ahead, Lati. Okay, Lati. My thing is, this did not go away. This upsurge in fascism will rise its ugly head again because this country will not deal with its primary contradiction as of having a growing population that is increasingly alienated in this society and the current order can deal with this contradiction. Bruh, say it again. Because, man, that's the truth. Say it one more time, please, for the people in the back. 
backslash my thing is this did not go away this upsurge in fascism will rise its ugly head again because this country will not deal with its primary contradiction as of having a growing population that is increasingly alienated in this society and the current order can deal with this contradiction bruh because they because in order to deal with the contradiction they have to they have to they did doing a cost benefit analysis shit if we give latif full citizenship that means he gonna want to do stuff like i don't know live like i don't know have a house get married if he wants to get married go to the street like the cost benefit analysis of allowing people to just be human is real fucked up because then because in order for us to gain in their equation that means they have to lose and that is so not the case but if you hoarded 90 99 percent of the resources you fucking right you're gonna lose something and so what was the report that in in 20 just came up business inside it in the last seven months, the ten the ten richest people on the planet made enough money that they could vaccinate the entire planet. Yeah. Ten people. Yeah. But the psychosis and the psychology of capitalism and racism, oh, it's like you like we had talked about, uh, when you talked about how they were into then you can't separate them. Like the, the global economy that functions now with the World Health Organization, the G twenty, the G eight, the world the IMF and the World Bank, all of those are predicated upon the axis with the, the Allied forces winning the quote great the you know the Second World War and setting up that that the economic system, which is absolutely a result of the triangle trade and the Eastern slave trade. And money, ironically, is the driver. So people's morality go out the window. So how so I'm looking at this. I'm like, all these, you know, when Jay Z opened the largest cannabis company in California, shit, I'm like, I'm sitting there going, the only reason a black man can make that statement in America is because he's an entertainer. There's no way Leroy, Otis, Keith, and Latif could go and open the biggest cannabis company in California right now. There's no way. Well, also because most of, most of his boys are white, you know. So I mean, he, he, he's not he's not rocking the boat. Yes, and that's why. So I, you know, but I just want to give everybody a heads up. We are at one. We are at one hour and thirty minutes. Um, I'm gonna make my last little comments, and then I'll leave it to you guys to go on back to business. Uh, but. I, I just want to circle us back to the topic, and yeah. how and and, and Latif, you let me know, and we'll, we'll we'll box it up. But um, there's nothing that we've said here that people have said in in kitchen tables, in every black house. Um, I was having a conversation with my friend Mike Tatuke about this, and I said, on September 11th, I watched planes hit the towers, <clears throat> right. And I remember that day because it was it was one of the like visually and just weatherwise and, and like picture it was the most it was one of the most beautiful days in my life, like in terms of the temperature, the breeze, the scenery. But the fact that I watched on my TV 
two planes hit the tower. I left and I rolled down the street, and the guy was handing out the newspaper. I said, whatever you have in your hand is not the news. We came back home, the towers had fell, and everybody was all distraught. Everybody I knew who was black was like, damn. And the next statement was, well, we're not at the bottom of the totem pole anymore. The fact that that was the statement, that we now were one step up from terrorists, was, was, quite, was quite telling for people who don't follow news like we follow. But the fact that we, the fact that we knew that we were no longer on the bottom because we knew white people would go crazy over anybody who looked like an Arab was damning. So to watch what we watched on September, to watch what we watched on January 6th and to see the muted response was just as predictable. And, and I want to say, after September 11th, you notice you got Homeland Security that was born out. You had all these Muslims and people of color hate, hate crime. You had New York police. I think New York police hired like a billion new police officers. I, like, like I put on Facebook, what what was gonna happen to the white community? Are we are we gonna, we gonna have the same reaction? Are we gonna put police in neighborhoods and you know cut off their rights like they like did to us? Yeah, of course not. Matisse, you ready? No, all right, Otis. Um. What happened at the Capitol is not unique. Right? Let's not forget about Ted Bundy took over the Capitol yeah. too and got away with it. Yeah. And, and again, we go from spectacle to spectacle to spectacle, yeah. and we take the obvious, take the obvious, take the obvious. And the only thing that is created out of it is Europeans create entire careers off of stating the obvious, like um, James Elliott. Who's getting paper off of some project she did 55 years ago? Yes. Or Robin D'Angelo, who wrote the book White Fragility, is one of the best sellers. But us black people who actually live in this phenomenon have to fight just to get our literature out there on the same level. Yeah. I, I don't want mainstream to touch it. So it's not like I'm asking for mainstream recognition. Because the minute mainstream gets hands on it, I understand it's going down. But you cannot get your ideology from the very people that oppress you. Right? And you have to understand the spectacle and the benign go hand in hand. The people who engage in extreme violence and the people who talk about that extreme violence are both beneficiaries of the oppression. Right? The ones who's critiquing what happened at the Capitol is helping the ones who, no, the ones who um, invaded the Capitol and the ones who are critiquing what happened at the Capitol, they are building careers off of this thing. Like, yes. I can really see an entire sector coming from academia studying the Trump administration in isolation and everything else. And then they go ending off with what happened at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. Well, you know how much money is about to be built off of this? 
Yes. I'm talking about billions of dollars yes. in white aggression against black bodies and the black bodies that get left out. Like, do you know how much money these people are generating? These NGOs are generating studying why black people don't have jobs, studying why black people have the highest unemployment rate. Like, they are literally profiting from your subjugation. This is why when Bernie Sanders talks about closed private prison, I'm like, but you are replacing with what? Private prison is a billion dollar industry. Yes. You just come up in capitalism and say, okay, I'm going to close this sector down and replace it with nothing. That's not how this works. You know, these Fortune 500 companies are not about to allow you to do that. Right? Like these, these people, these people, Wall Street, who's making dividends off of private prisons and making dividends off of exploited black and brown labor in these prisons, I'm not about to do that. Right? So what, what happens is these people sell us these idealistic of what America can do. When they're not giving you no practical, no practical um, implementation on it. They want to sell you ideas, right? And these ideas is what's costing a lot of black people their lives. When you're dying utopically, where we just destroy capitalism, then the end of white terrorism, then the end of anti-blackness, then the end of sexism and, and misogyny. And you gotta understand, anti-blackness and anti-woman exist in capitalism. Yes. You can study this back in Greece if you don't believe me. So even if you get rid of this one aspect, you still got these other dehumanizing elements that you have to deal with simultaneously. And what I'm realizing is why you, Europeans are not trying to replace the system. They are trying to replace us in the system. And the two are not the same. Yeah. This is why you get these these, these um professors who are cl classifying themselves as people of color, who are classifying themselves as indigenous, who are classifying themselves as black, and they're benefiting from these status. And they turn around and looking at us and saying, well, you benefit the most from, um, what's that called? Um, not, not the status quo. White women benefit more. What's that called? Affirmative action. We benefit the most of affirmative action. Yeah. Well, look at you. Look at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. And, and one last thing to the point about blackness being defined by how black, how white people are defined. That is why I believe we have to start from completely over and redefine what blackness means. Right, because a lot of the um, ableism, just like a lot of the misogyny, misogyny is an offshoot from what we believe um, masculinity is, what we believe femininity is, what, what we believe the, the family structure is in the nuclear family. Like, if you want to argue, that, I won't argue that um, capitalism is racism, but I will argue capitalism is the nuclear family. And I hate to break it to people, but feminism did not break up the black family. Capitalism did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so we could throw that one completely out the window. So we got to completely redefine what it means to be black, what it means to be human from scratch, from the bottom up. There you go. Yeah. Latisse, you ready? Yeah. Going off what Keith said, America focused on Islam and terrorism for a few minutes, and they went back to black people and they can't vilify those that attack the capital because it is too much of a mirror for them. 
So they will arrest the people that did it, but they will leave the wider fascist movement alone because it is too close to what America is. Absolutely. And I want to say one more thing. You know, it is interesting that we have Joe Biden, that, that last black people out, and Kalama Harris, that last black people out, talking about racial justice. <laughs> <laughs> it's mind blowing, mind blowing. And people are clapping. People are like, yeah, right? Of course. We're going to get some racial justice. I, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for one of y'all, you know, just how I say it, one of y'all mm-hmm. to write this and please somebody that racial justice is a misnomer because race is a, is a, is not a real thing. It is a construct. So when people say we're looking for racial justice in America, you, that means you're looking for the unicorn that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. If you, what you should be looking for is justice, and not justice as defined by America, because that means you will never mm-hmm. get it. But I love you all. <laughs> Thank you, people. So, yes, sir. Oh, I'm out. We're out. My dudes, once again, you rock. Holla at your boy. Please, family. Please, family.